What's going on everyone? Welcome back to the Daily Fitness Education. I am excited because we're gonna talk about fitness today. We're not gonna talk about mindset stuff. I mean, it is along the mindset of living and training this way from now on so you can do it for longevity, but we're gonna break apart training modalities so we can start to understand exercise priority and how often to be using them so that you make sure or at least try and do your due diligence and being mindful of how your body is going to function later in life. This episode or podcast is going to be all about that. Super excited to deliver it to you guys. It gets me excited. I get jacked up talking about this stuff, obviously, um, if you've been following me for a while. Nonetheless, for new listeners, this is the podcast designed by a personal trainer who is in the trenches every single day, grinding it out, learning a little bit more about fitness, and hopefully with the new lessons that I can pull in, the old lessons that I have once heard, uh, I can deliver to you with the best of my ability. Understand that science is the best guess of the day, and I can only base my information to you off of courses, personal experience, so either learned or earned information, and then at the same time, uh, just deducing to logic and and picking from uh, good scientific journals that are currently happening right now. So, cue that theme song, and I will see you on the other side. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kyle Roche, and this is The Daily Fitness Education, the podcast designed to highlight how anyone can become successful in any endeavor at all in life. Learning every day. I'll discuss something that I've learned in the past, something I may have learned that day, or something that I'm about to learn. Through books, mentors, courses, formal education, colleagues, and practical steps with clients, You can listen along through the lens of a personal trainer and the healthy enthusiasts around me and learn from my trials and tribulations as to how to achieve the intangible habits to pursue your own future in fitness. Alrighty, Endgame Addicts, welcome back to the Daily Fitness Education. So when I say exercise priority, what are we talking about, right? Which movements are we going to lead our workouts with? Which movements are we then going to do in the middle of them and then in exercise priority? What's going to be efficient? Like what's going to give us kick-ass results but at the same time, you know, so that we can look good, feel good, look good naked, feel strong, uh, live for a long time um, and then at the same time be a way of conditioning that we can use for a lifetime. Now, we live in the modern environment. Just understand that the, oh, almost ran into someone, had to give him a honk. Um, his fault, not mine, even if it was my fault, I still honked. <laughs> I wouldn't tell you honestly if it was my fault, because it's never my fault. Didn't I just talk about ownership yesterday? That's, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um, nonetheless, um, exercise priority. What does it mean? Uh, how do we do it? Well, there's a lot of different kinds of programs on the planet right now. A lot of different kinds of fitness and conditioning. I want you to think and understand that about 200 years ago, the world was not flat. Okay, uh, there's a lot of dysfunction going on with human bodies now. I'd imagine it was even worse before. You know, now we're just studying what's going on in dysfunction, which is you know the science of uh, modern science. Nonetheless, uh, nothing was really flat before. Even if you go to Saskatchewan and walk through a field, even though it's a you know the prairies and considered to be flat, it's still going to have some change in elevation and terrain um, as you walk. If, even if it's just like half a foot or you know little little potholes or whatever it is, um, terrain is not entirely flat. However, everything that is invented is roads are to their best, you know, flat and you have to repair them or whatever. But the point is more or less that the gym is completely unnatural. It's a, it's an invention. It's the ergonomic best guess of the day to figure out what are we going to do to keep our humans from dying? Cause we need exercise. Physiologically, it is super important. And if you are like, 
you know, if you if you haven't thought so far into the past to consider, you know, that humans probably needed to move a lot more than we do now, uh, we can just look at the the science to say, you know, when people are exercising, they they, they seem to live better lives for some reason. Um, I feel this immediately every time I do a workout. You get endorphin rush, uh, you know, tons of enzymatic reactions. You get, anyways, nonetheless, because um, I can, you know, yell at you all day about why fitness is important. Um, the second is, you know, everything is immovable and which movements are we going to choose? Now, I would say the best bang for your buck exercises are going to be your compound lifts. A compound lift or a multi-joint movement um, is any movement that incorporates more than one joint. So a bicep curl is not a compound lift. However, a, uh, a row is. When you row or when you pull in the shapes department, if we go down that route, um, you are going to be definitely creating flexion in your elbow, which is a bicep curl, but you're also creating extension in your shoulder, which is part of the row, pulling your arm behind you. So you have your elbow and your shoulder moving at once. This is considered a compound movement or a compound lift. Now, in exercise priority, and where this was sparked from was uh, I'm training a friend. I saw him, uh, I saw him training today, and he did. You know, he he has some issues with his shoulders, so recommended in corrective exercise that they're not pushing too much. In fact, he hurt his shoulder doing a bench press, um, and we're just trying to get him into working shape so he can then do all movement again. So. He goes to do the bench press and I'm like, how'd that feel, you know? And, and he was just doing a workout. I wasn't actually coaching him at the time. And he said, oh yeah, no problem, no, no problem, hey, Kyle. I, I was just doing a little bit. I swear I wasn't getting like too heavy and all this other stuff. And you know, his, his response to like, he thinks I'm critiquing him. And, and I'm just, I was just ask, like asking. Um, and then I, I realized, included, and I was like, oh yeah, like he's doing a bench press pretty late in his workout, right? Like a bench press of all things. Now for me, obviously I say a bench press of all things. And you're like, what, what does he mean? Well, uh, the push is the riskiest exercise for the shoulder, right? Uh, pulls are far more advantageous for shoulder health. Um, just go to that as a nuance for now. We could go down the details as to why, but it's recommended in corrective exercise that we pull more than we push. Um, postural reasons, but also just shoulder stability. Nonetheless, I was like, so you're doing you're doing the bench press late in your workout. And, and why does that matter? Well, if he's pulling, the lats and the traps, the things on the backside of your body, are also going to do some work when we're talking about creating change in the body. So your, your back assists in using muscles on the front. All muscle works in unison. When we do any physical exercise, the goal of, let's say, personal trainers is to get all of their clients' muscles functioning in all movements, right? So when you're doing bicep curls, you're not just kind of like, you know, standing on one foot and like kind of just going back and forth with the wind like a sail. You, you are trying to be as stable as possible, squeezing all of your musculature together to get the most isolation um, or to get the most weight moved. Um, but you're isolating on a bicep curl if you're using a bicep curl. You still want your entire body to be stable. You don't want to just like let your core go and do the bicep curls and like be throwing your shoulders around. It's just the risk of injury is higher and the chance of overload, which means you're using more weight progressively over time to gain muscle, is diminished. So um, I'm like, if the, if the movement is riskier, I want all of your muscles to be fresh. I don't want you to do any high intense stability exercises 
before you've done your bench press. If you're gonna do any upper body that day, you're gonna start with your pushes, your heavy dumbbell chest press and your bench press, okay? And then you're going to get more isolative as you move on. When I say isolative, we start going from two joints down to one joint. So this is what happens a lot in sport conditioning, which there's nothing wrong with. We're using athletes that have deep, decent amounts of bracing or at least remarkable of, you know, uh, capacity for compensation. And we want to load them after they have been fatigued. Why? Because this is what they're trained to do. Athletes, humans, right, when they're in the prime of their life, are conditioned in certain ways so they can perform in certain ways. This is the definition of training this way until. Okay, the modern form of periodization was designed by, this is how we sell personal training, by the way. This is how we're taught to sell personal training. Um, but we, you know, it's, it's not really that advantageous to use in, in person with general population, in my opinion, because there's just so many other factors to consider. Uh, to say that if you, do, if, you fit, if you fit this box, you'll get success. Um, no, I think if, <laughs> anyways, we're not, we're not going down that rabbit hole. Uh, not going down that rabbit hole right now. So, um, exercise priority. Okay, um, very, very helpful. Oh, sorry, sorry, I digress. Let's go back to the athletes because <laughs> I could have taken that too, way too far and that would have gotten complicated and there'd be a lot of opinions and people would be raising arms and hands and getting all upset. So um, athletes can be conditioned to be out of breath and then to go and do um, a really heavy squat. Football players have to be conditioned to be able to do this. Uh, explosive rugby players, um, lots of people have to be able to hinge with remarkable explosiveness and capacity while being fatigued. Okay, this is an athletic demand. However, in life, in modern life, we don't need that shit, right? We don't need to be fatigued and go and practice maximal bracing until we're 70. Even at 25, the risk is up there. Like people hurt themselves all the time lifting. Um, at, at young ages, I'm fixing like 25 year olds. I got a, we got a 22 year old intern coming into the gym right now and super keen, really nice kid. Um, but nonetheless, he, uh, he hurt his back deadlifting. He's 22, hurt his shoulder doing, I think it was bench press, you know, like <laughs> there's no age. There's no age at which you, you have to start considering if you're not wanting to be like, uh, you know, a competitive world-class athlete. If you want to be competitive and you know, you want to improve your skills. Great. I, I have no problem with you being ambitious. I am ambitious as hell. Right. But you got to be thinking about your end game. You got to be thinking about what is this going to look like for me? If you're playing on a, on a, uh, a regional team and you plan to go national and compete at an international level, wonderful. But if you're just playing recreationally, do not condition for that sport. That's my advice. That's not, you know, that's, that you don't have to live that way. But I'm saying condition your body, correct yourself from the imbalances that that sport will create. And you'll also get stronger anyways because you're practicing athleticism in the gym. You'll be better at the sport regardless because you're training, but you're correcting the imbalances. Now that starts to get convoluted. Nonetheless, not starting with the most complicated movements first that require the most amount of musculature, I believe is a mistake because you weaken muscles that are necessary in order for you to do the most advanced movements. So let me, let me explain. In a deadlift, your lats, the, the wing-like things on the backside of your body, the big honking muscles that give like your back width, okay? Um, those are called your lats. They're responsible uh, and, and massively involved in a deadlift. If you do lat training before you deadlift, your lats are not going to be able to fire as much. They will have lost their capacity because they were just conditioned and now they are fatigued. If you go to do a deadlift with fatigued lats, your back will do some of the compensation. 
I don't want your back or your mid erectors or your low lumbar spine, the mid, the mid to low back, doing any compensation when we're talking about heavy deadlift patterns, okay? Or even light deadlift patterns for, for, that, for that stature, for that reason. Um, the body is super, super, super fragile. I say this as a manual therapist and as a corrective specialist, um, but just, just be... Just be wary that when you're conditioning, following programs online, which I encourage you to do, like you gotta get out there. There's no one that's gonna handle this for you. Um, if you can't afford personal trainers, that's, that's the, the breadwinner right there. But if you can't, you gotta get into a gym and start conditioning anyways. It, it'll change your life, I promise, right? Um, but you gotta understand there's a risk to all exercise. So what this typically looks like for optimal muscle capacity is if you start with a deadlift, you'll be getting the most amount of hormones released and then also tearing and, and damaging the most amount of musculature, bang for buck. If you only had one minute left to exercise in life, the deadlift would be hands down the most challenging and the most beneficial for you. Then in priority, we'd probably go with like a back squat and then a bench press and then a shoulder press and then a landmine row. And I'm just picking all of the most advanced compound lifts that require the most amount of stability that you can load up and really challenge your body to improve strength and muscle gain in the right rep ranges. But we really, really, really want to consider exercise priority when we want specific, um, specific outcomes for the long term. This is also in modern bodybuilding. It's so that you can keep yourself in good shape to make it to your shows. They, you know, and I see a lot of IFBB pros really just selling stuff, not because they really know anything. They're just reselling programs. Um, of stuff they know. Now, here's, here's the truth in marketing because I'm learning a ton about it. You don't have to actually know what you're talking about. Logically, you, I don't have to have any, anything that actually makes sense. I just have to sell you emotionally. I have to sell you something emotionally for you to want to purchase it, which means just because you have a tag that says IFBB does not mean that you have a certification to be able to teach people how to function and move well, okay? That might be a, a, an indicator that you have some experience in human movement for sure. But to say that that's all you need to be able to coach the masses in training is, is I believe, far too naive. I do not have the full capacity to coach the masses completely. Hence why I have a team of chiropractors, physiotherapists, massage therapists, fascial stretch therapists, endocrinologists, like all of these really, really detailed, specialized human body uh, philosophers, you know what I mean? A PhD stands for a philosophy of, or a philosopher's doctorate of something. Either way. So the cool part here is that start with your compound lifts. Okay. Do not put them at the end of your workouts. Do not start doing deadlifts by the end. If you want to do some hinge pattern with some kettlebells, no problem. But typically this is how my workouts will go. Training for the long term, heavy compounds. I'll start out with a heavy compound after I've done a warm up. There is a remarkable amount of evidence to say that a warm-up will not only keep you safer, but make you more effective in your training. If you want your training to have a better bang for its buck, for you to be able to contract muscle better and have a better outcome in the long term, um, just in results, do warm-ups. If you don't have one, check out one at the End Game Training System. Um, I believe that the, the workout is free or the, the mobility warm-up is free. I made it free for clients, so I'll, I'll leave that one to you if you can find it. If you can find the link to my free warm-up, uh, I don't offer that one for free in my marketing, but uh, you can definitely you can definitely check it out. If you can find it, that's a challenge to you. 
But all of my clients, in-person clients, will have that warm-up because it's a remarkable human uh, mobilizer. It, it turns on musculature, it gets your glutes firing, it gets your lax activated, it, it helps you in rotation, it gets your core functioning. Um, not in taxing ways, in, in facilitating ways, it wakes up your body. It improves something called mind-muscle connection. So if you're skipping your warm-up, you are, in my opinion, missing out on results, quote unquote gains, bro. But at the same time, you're also missing out on the safety of your lifting because muscles will not be innervated yet. If you just spent 10 hours hunched over at a desk or even sitting upright at a desk, you've been, you've been sitting on your glutes. Think about this. What happens to anything in science, you know, this is the theory, um, when it is heated, okay? It expands, right? What happens to things when they are uh, cooled? Well, they shrink. Okay, when we're training, we want our muscles to shrink as much as possible. The reason why so many people get back problems is because they lack glute stability. Their glutes do not function properly. When you sit down in a chair for more than maybe 30 seconds, what happens to the chair? What's, what's, that, what's that thing when someone gets up from a chair and you steal it from them and you just look up and you're like, thanks for ding 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 warming it up for me, right? If the chair is warm, what do you think your glutes are? warm, right? So from sitting on your butt all day long, even if you just sat on your glutes for the past you know, 30, 40 minutes driving home or going to the gym or been in a car, trust me, your glutes are not as functional as what they should be when you go to perform a max deadlift squat, uh, glute bridge, hip thrust, whatever it is, right? Any of those compounds that are going to be remarkable for, for muscle function, growth, aesthetics, whatever it is, do your warm-ups, right? There's so many so many high reasons and correlations to do your warm-ups. Don't get lazy here. You're missing out on such a, a remarkable opportunity to get your body functioning because it's, everything is controlled by your brain. We think it's like just the muscle. It's like, no, like it, you got to get your brain firing. You got to get your brain connected to your muscles so your muscles can be more effective when you're doing those compound lifts, which will give you the bang for the buck. Now, if I were to structure a workout, what this would look like is I would start with my heavy compounds, bench, uh, weighted chin-ups, uh, landmine rows, T-bar rows. If you're confused with any of these words, just Google them, right? It's like, what's a T-bar row? Well, Google T-bar row. You can check it out in the Ending Game Training System. It explains everything I'll ever talk about in these podcasts. You'll see it in my books. Outside of you know new concepts that I'm learning, which is definitely not documented, and I could not have fit everything in, in fitness into all of my content. But nonetheless, use Google. If you're confused with any of this stuff, you don't have to purchase any of my products. You can simply just follow along and chip away with the free learning here that I offer you guys. That's the point of the podcast, to give away everything that I love to improve the planet. So, nonetheless, um, we wanna start out with our heavy compounds. Then we start going to our less intense compounds or even the same compounds with less weight. So, if I were to do a heavy deadlift, I would go not at my max back squat, but then I could go to a back squat with less weight. Does that make sense? So, I'm not gonna start as heavy, or I'm gonna start heavier on my back squat and then I would go lighter on my deadlift, or I would start heavy on my deadlift and then go lighter on my back squat, okay? And then I'm going to start moving down the ladder into lighter on the leg press, or lighter on the lunges, or um, and just changing my rep range. I still wanna be getting close to failure. There's a remarkable amount of information to say that you're gonna get uh, a ton of muscle gain and a ton of neural drive, which is connecting your brain to your muscle, um, and improve strength output when you pick certain rep ranges and fail close to them. So when you're doing 
lunges, uh, when I say you're getting lighter, I'm not saying you stop failing. I'm saying that you're gonna be doing sets of six, seven, or eight in the deadlift, let's say, if you started there, and then you're gonna be doing uh, seven, eight, or nine in the back squat, and then eight, nine, or 10 in the lunges, and then 10, uh, you know, nine, 10, 11 in leg extensions, or, you know, I wouldn't even, I would scratch that, never use a leg extension. <laughs> I think they're just the worst exercise possible for your knees. Uh, it's a remarkable amount of literature in a book called Anatomy Trains, which is the precursor to be a fascial stretch therapist, uh, at least one that's corrective in nature. Um, and it says that isolated movements like that can be really, really awful for fascial nets and fascial systems. Um, nonetheless, it, it go, it's, it's more confusing in, in its, in its uh, verbosity, in its words. Uh, but I would, <laughs> I would encourage you to, if, I don't even know if that's a word. Look it up for me. See if Kyle's a dummy. Um, verbosity. I just realized that my wipers were going off this whole time, so if that was bugging you guys at all, you know, my heart goes out to you, I promise. But just think of it that way. You wanna still be challenging yourself in all of your workouts, but you wanna be moving away from being super heavy the entire workout. Why? Because there's a really strong correlation to you messing up your body. And if you really love training, you're not gonna be able to train forever because you're gonna mess up your body, right? Six months of not training is gonna put you in the rabbit. If you rely on your workouts for energy and well-being and just to feel good, like when you stop conditioning because you hurt yourself because you literally can't, like trust me, I, I don't know what a, a herniation feels like, but everyone I've ever talked to says do not get one. Like you do not ever want it. It's debilitating. And if you tear your shoulder and you have to take, um, you know, you love training your upper body, which is, I understand, I love training my upper body. I train my, my entire body every, you know. I, I've gotten really good. This is, this is admission here, folks. I've gotten really good at training my legs twice a week. I do typical like push-pull leg splits. Um, I don't love to get extremely creative. I've done different kinds of programs, like full body programs. That's going crazy across the planet right now, this full body nation. Um, I'll definitely try them. Um, I've, I've tried them before, I'll do them again. Uh, I just personally, I'm, I've got a lot going on in the rest of my life right now and I really, this is a whole different podcast topic, but I say when you get to a certain point in certain things, uh, ratchet them, hold them in maintenance, and then work on other areas of your life. So right now I'm working on business, I'm working on marketing, and I'm putting a lot of growth and a lot of creativity into that. My workouts are simply for energy. They simply just keep me functioning, keep me moving. Eventually, my business will be at that point where it's simply gonna be maintenance. I'm gonna keep my finger on the button, I'm gonna keep it moving, keep it functioning, but I'm not gonna be spending as much time as I am. Um, and then one day, you know, the fitness and, and that stuff will be replaced uh, by family and, and love and connection and, this, and stuff like that. But nonetheless, this is about fitness. This is about health, folks. So just, just think about exercise priority. If you're using a ton of muscle, if you're using a multi-joint movement, rows, one arm, you know, not one arm rows, is a little bit more isolative, but you're using a lot of your muscle function. Um, as you get more familiarized in the gym, this will start to make sense. Even if you don't understand all the things that I was talking about today, because I did definitely, this is, a, it's tough to go into technical stuff without visuals, without stuff that you can watch. When I say landmine row, you can see me doing it. That way you're like, oh, that one, okay. Um, in a podcast, so I like to stick with the mindset stuff via podcast, but nonetheless, anyone who's uh, a little bit more advanced in lifting will understand what I'm saying um, when I'm talking about use your compounds first. After you warm up, then do your isolative workouts, and then you, if, you, if you don't mobilize at the end, right, cool down, move the body around a little bit, but definitely mobilize before you sleep as well, and it will alleviate a lot of the tension that you do, but that is my opinion 101 on exercise priority. Bench first, always in an upper body workout. I usually typically deadlift first, always in a lower body workout, um, but I often bench maybe once or twice 
uh, once a week, maybe twice a week sometimes, uh, and I deadlift once a week, sometimes once every two weeks to be honest. So just to give you some good information that should hopefully help you out. Uh, this podcast is designed to be a challenge for all of us, uh, myself included. I'm, I'm trying to upload every single day and I want to hold true to that promise for 365 days um, as a challenge to myself and then also for yourselves to stay committed to this grind. It's not about Mondays being awesome and Sundays uh, or Mondays sucking and, and Sundays being awesome. It's about you getting a chance every single day. Uh, I, I spent a long time in my life. People were like, you want to get a tattoo? I'm like, no. I don't want a tattoo. What, what the hell would I put on me? Um, and there was one that said, um, today is another chance. Not a second chance, just another chance. And that was the only thing. I've done a, I've done a bunch of cool stuff. I'm not bragging and saying that I've, you know, I'm this, I'm that. But I've done a, a lot of cool stuff on my life. Skydiving, traveled, been to Thailand, um, taught English over there. you know. And there was reasons and really a lot of depth and a lot of growth in my life. But if there was one consistent reminder that I would want... Every single time I saw it, it would say, today or this moment is a second chance, or, or sorry, not a second chance, but another chance. This moment is another chance for you to show up and be your best, for you to show up and be uh, awesome. So keep thinking about your end game. Keep thinking about um, your future in fitness, and I promise I will show up for you to my best, the best of my ability, regardless, rain or shine, good or bad, struggle or empowered. Uh, this is all about us and rising together. So have yourself a wonderful day, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. Ciao for now.